Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of the Walker AC Experience coming to you live for February, towards the end of February. My name is Adrian Walker AC, and to you, my friends, yes, you are my friends. Welcome to the show. The beginning of the music here that you heard on the show is from Living in Hell by my son, Walker, uh, Walking AP. So, yes, I'm going to pimp it out to you. So, if you look up some of his music, look on YouTube or Spotify, Walkin, W-A-L-K-I-N, space, A-P. Try some of his music. I think you'll like it. But before we go any further, of course, thank you to podbean.com. Be sure you subscribe, like, share, everything in between. Uh, WalkerAC76.podbean.com. That's WalkerAC76.podbean.com. Also, find us on any platforms you get your local podcasting from. But once again, folks, I can't do a show without my co-host, my friend, your friend, the intelligent one in the group, the sane one in the group, Kevin, you, everyone. Hey, Kevin, how's it going, sir? Hello. I enjoy how nobody pronounces the second R in February. February. <laughs> <laughs> that was always a hard one for me in school because the way the, my spelling was February. But the teacher would go, February. I'm like, no, I, I don't get it. That, that's, that, that, that's not how you say it. It's a crazy thing. We just, you know, it's like, yeah, there's no R in the middle of it. We don't, we're not just going to say that. It doesn't exist. Don't worry about it, everybody. Now, see, we're talking about silent letters here, folks. I had a hard time with that one, too. But that's a whole nother story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so how are you, Kevin? How have you been? Well, you know... I am doing my thing, trying to get through it all. I am anticipating springtime. It is quite nice down here in Florida for one. We're heading towards weather where we don't have to wear jackets. Meanwhile, other places are snowing and having that kind of fun. So it's something to be grateful for over here. Yes, it is. Uh, a close friend of mine went to Vermont um, for a couple of days and, you know, she played in the snow for the first time in a long time. And she sent me a video of her doing snow angels. And, you know, I don't want to harp on that old stereotype of white people can't dance. Yeah. You know, I mean, you should really see her try to make snow angels. It was the most discombobulated thing ever. I mean, you would think that, you know, the arms go up, the legs go up at the same. No, no, it was, it was a cluster. It was, I mean, it was like watching like a paralyzed turtle with autism. Uh, it, it was it, it was pretty bad, um, but no, I I kid I kid I, I miss snow. It's been a very long time. It's well documented that uh, I'm from up north, so I'm used to the snow. But being down here in Florida, uh, we have the cold snap for maybe what about a month or so, then it goes back to the high seventies, early eighties. Uh, maybe she's trying to make a biblically accurate uh, snow angel with a whole bunch of eyeballs and wings. <laughs> Come on, Kevin. We don't want details here. Come on, you know. I'm, well, I mean, how dare you do your homework and, and look for the real meaning of stuff? Oh, that's the average American way. Make a bunch of, you know, unfounded conjecture and call it a day. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's our job here on the experience to enlighten people, to to show people. The right way to do things, because, you know, we solve world problems, Kevin. I mean, just in case, you know, the people forgot what we do here, it's not just entertain. It's not just make you laugh, make you think. 
we actually solve world's problems and we're still doing this for free i mean we should come up with some sort of pay system i mean for for this i mean what, what do you what do you suggest i like to think it even solves the problems we cause <laughs> <laughs> that that's a good way of doing it <laughs> but before we get to our topic because i know you picked out a great topic for us to talk about um, at the closing days of February, uh, this show will be the show will be coming out Friday or Saturday. So by that time, the end of February, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be we'll definitely be close. Um, I have some good news for you, Kevin. I have some really good news for you. Well, I'm consciously prepared and I'm sitting down. Okay, perfect. Um, <laughs> don't worry, I'm not pregnant. That's fine. Um, no. Um, <laughs> Now, um, as uh, as people will see on our website, now we are branching out even more. This little passion project of mine has now grown its legs and it's now walking upright. It's out of diapers. It learned to go potty on its own. Um, we have the new Walker AC Experience mobile app. So what that means is go to your phone, type in walkeracexperience.com. It's going to bring up our own website where you can join in, speak your mind, listen to shows, everything in between. It's a great website that was created by my good friend, Bill. He did a tremendous job. It's for the Walker AC experience only. So you can still go on podbean.com, look us up. You can still go on Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can still do that. But if you want to go to the site where it's just us, where it's just all of us, myself, Kevin, Ashley, Becky, everything. Go on, subscribe, or just listen to walkeracexperience.com on your mobile app. If you don't want to listen to it on your phone, go to walkeracexperience.com forward slash mobile. I'll bring you to our website. So good news, Kevin. We are uh, we're more official now. Uh now you tend to listen there and be like the people I rail against by listening to videos and podcasts out loud in public. Make me a hypocrite. I mean there has to be some sort I mean there has to be some sort of give and take at least. So I mean we can't condemn them that much because they'll be listening to us. So I mean whether they're on the train or they're walking down the street on speaker, they get to hear the melodious sounds of our voices. Even that's pretty damn scary <laughs> exactly who knows where you'll be you'll maybe in a hospital waiting room on an airplane <laughs> Ooh, we get to hear us talk about rants Ooh, that's scary so all right <laughs> so as our podcast continue to grow we send a special thank you to everyone who still listens to our show downloads our show uh, subscribes, shares us, and everything of the sort, and everything in between, listening to me say the same thing repeatedly over and over and over again. But now it's on our channel now, so that is awesome. But I'm going to stop flating ourselves here, and uh, we're going to turn over to the topic of the day, Kevin. So floor is all yours. Okay. So continuing with um, topics related to Black History Month, I watched a really interesting video um on one of the CBS YouTube channels, which is about uh, a concept called Black Sense. So, um, roughly defined, Black Sense is speaking um, with what's known as the African-American, African-American vernacular English. 
um, which, um, side note, is just as valid as any other type of accented or dialectal variation of um, English. Um, so it is used in popular media, it's been used on the internet, and um, I, it does sound like a certain segment of the black population has a problem with it. So um, what are your notes about, uh, upon this um, phenomenon? Well, I really don't see it as a phenomenon, but before I comment on it, give me some examples. You mean, like, say, for example, someone on someone on the news commenting on, on a rapper, for example, and then the non-African-American news reporter says something like, for shizzle. You mean something like that? Exactly. Or, um, uh, or just peace speaking like that in the, um, just in in, uh, in in the media or in, in their personal lives. Mm. Um, you know, in the segment, they did talk about how it's nothing new, how it harkens back to the days of blackface. Um, from still, you know, people trying to, you know, perform on vaudeville, you know, singing Mammy, to performers such as Aquafina, who have made it kind of their bit to use um, a black sense in their movies and stand-up. Okay. Well, to to go on what I said a few seconds ago, and I'll comment on this just as well. So, this was a while ago, and obviously people can fact-check me. Um, there was a small commentary on news um, saying, I guess Snoop Dogg was doing some kind of charity or something, and, you know, to kind to compliment the news story, the, the news lady, you know, she says, oh, for shizzle, my nizzle, you know, to, to be really awkward and cringy, as the kids would say. And she lost her job. Be- because, you know, they took the context, took it out of context, no pun intended. And this, you know, and it kind of came down on her because, you know, she used a whole vernacular of my nizzle, you know, which means you know what. So they kind of beat down on her about that. She lost her job. So in saying that, being an African-American male, I have had that experience for many, many years. It's really nothing new. I mean, as we talk about it now, people who are listening are going, well, this is not really anything groundbreaking because it's, it's become at first popular. No, let me rewind. It became taboo to, you know, to, to have certain people who are not African-American use that vernacular. And then it became cool. Then it became popular. And now it's the norm. So when you look at our generation, Kevin, when someone would go, and and please forgive me, my audience, you know, when you have a non-African-American person saying, yo, what up, my nigga? It's normal now. Versus our generation, we see that as still a derogatory term. Because it's it's natural now. Uh, the, the style of dress, the, the, the speak... Um, it was, now it's just like every day, just like saying, you know, hey, pour some water. It's just what it is. Beforehand, they tried to make it normal before it became a normality. They, they would say, okay, we're going to label this as Ebonics. That's what we're going to do because, you know, African-American people talk differently and we want to relate to them. So we're going to give them an own terminology called Ebonics, which everybody scoffed at. Because it was re-goddamn ridiculous. 
It wasn't asinine, Kevin. It was ASA 10, ASA 11, ASA 12. It was really, really bad. But once again, now it's more of the norm. So to me, it's not really shocking. I just shake my head and I just accept it for what it is. I mean, what are your thoughts about it? Hmm. I do notice the phenomenon uh, and that I, um, I am self-aware enough to admit that when I meet somebody that that's their usual just way of speaking, I adapt to it because I think it's an unconscious um, bid for solidarity that like, hey, I'm another POC, I get it, you know, I'll, <laughs> I've, I've been to places that were like, you know, there, you know, when we think of spaces, non-white spaces, <clears throat> you know, as understanding, and like, I it's some, sometimes there's like a tingle in the back of my head, thinking, okay, I hope that they receive this as a gesture of of, of understanding and not of me mocking them, because that also goes through my head. Um, so far, I have been called out, and I think I would, I might deserve to be called out if it did make somebody feel uncomfortable like that. Um, and then also, I did want to ask because they did talk about how some people were critical of Aquafina. Because as another POC, like, it's almost like you should know what it's like. Like, you should have that awareness and that you, you gain this fame and parlay that into fortune. And, like, like, do you acknowledge it? Do you have anything to say for yourself because of you, you know, doing this as like a, um, a very mild um, blackface adjacent way of performance? Does you do that? So for you, well, um, do you would you hold another POC to a higher, higher threshold than a white person for using, like, African-American vernacular English? In the beginning, yes. In the beginning, yes, I would. It's more desensitized to me now because I'm so used to it, and I can only speak for I can only speak for myself. Um, because what you said earlier, you would use that way of speak to try to bond with bond with another culture, and it's happened to me for many many years to where a non African American person would approach me. Not knowing how to, not knowing how to react, you know, and they would try to give me the high five, the fist bump, you know, yo, what's up, or stuff, stuff like that. Now it sounds really outdated when I do it, but you, you get my point. And instead of just saying hi, how are you, or extending a hand, you know, they would try to relate, and you know, in a very distasteful kind of way. I was never a fan of it. Seriously, Kevin, I was never a fan of it. And what people do now, once again, all goes back to just me being desensitized toward, towards it. Because if you approach me not knowing who I am or what I stood for and try to relate to me, I'm not going to hold it against you. In the back of my mind, I would say, you know, why is he doing that? Why can't he just approach me like a normal human being? But I understand what your intentions are. That's the only thing. So to keep it, to, to keep it centralized... I've been so used to it. Being 47, I've been approached this way since I was nine years old because that's how teachers wanted to relate to me or people of authority wanted to relate to me or just someone just being introduced to me wanted to relate to me. So it goes from being offended 
to sympathetic to more or less sad. Because if I approached you, not to deviate off the subject here, if I approached you and I tried to speak broken Japanese to you, or another language to you, not think, not thinking, not having, not having, um, I can't think of the word, um, general, general thought. I'm, I'm not going to dwell on too long. If I come to you and try to speak another language, me assuming that's you, a part of you would be kind of offended, you know, saying, why can't, in your mind, why can't you say hi to me? And if I speak to you in another dialect, then okay, you know, I might need to go back and, you know, I maybe learn, but initially I'm a speak English to you, for example, and just try to try to do that first. Um, but yeah, I kind of went around my ass to my elbow um, and saying that in the beginning it bothered me, but now it's just part of the culture. You know, it's just the uneasy way of people to try to relate to one another. I mean, it's all real interesting because when you bring up that point, if somebody tried to speak to me with a Chinese accent, I'd be really offended. In fact, I had a very uncomfortable situation this weekend overhearing a person another that's another POC make very inappropriate remarks about Chinese people and now I'm like great now next week I'm going to have to have a serious talk with this person oh boy um, now, <laughs> now now I don't mean to interrupt you I don't, I don't want to lose you I don't yeah. want you to lose your train of thought uh, but would you say a POC for our listeners what, what is that? Personal color Oh, gotcha, gotcha. See, okay. Okay, please continue. Okay, yeah. And so, and then I I do need to tell them, <clears throat> like, it's like, I know that's not done with, with malice, but I think it was done out of ignorance. And that I'm conjecturing this person hasn't had a lot of diversity in their life. And that's also what happens when people don't expand their horizons and really get to know different cultures and ways of thought thinking you become insular and ignorant and so i need to tell them like it's sad that you that it comes to this for you to realize that the way that you insulted me would be so it's, it's for easy for somebody else to insult you that way and you know it's weird that I, like i'm gonna have to teach this lesson to another adult it's gonna be weird but it's gonna be necessary it's and it's got to be the thing where, like, I don't want somebody to say sorry to me just to say sorry. I want them to know. I want them to understand where I'm coming from, that this becomes a constructive thing rather than the type of thing where, like, oh, okay, cool. Sorry you got offended. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but, yeah, it's, like, great. Now I have to be, like, you know, the spokesperson of all Chinese people for a day. <laughs> <laughs> and make it happen but like it, it it's it's in my heart where like I gotta make this right for myself I, I I I've gone through too much racial pain in my life to, to keep letting it happen to me and not do nothing about it because like my dignity is worth more than that and um to bring it back to comparison like I think we think about the histories too, where like I'm glad I'm I like how you talked about how it was something kind of taboo. You know, think back like a hundred years ago, like like no no white person would talk like that outside of direct mockery, and then it became like a transgressive thing to kind of like you can tell me what to, how to talk, mom and dad. 
Stuff like that, where it almost becomes normalized because of time. And, you know, the way that black Americans and white Americans interacted was different from how Asian Americans interacted with white Americans. That I would say a good chunk of Asian Americans tried our very best to adapt to the white way of thinking and behaving and, 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 and seeing and believing. And it's also interesting to think about how maybe some older black people, um, they went through this culture, um, it could suck, for example, is how you don't bring out your dirty laundry in front of the white people. You show them you're a respectful person and you don't act like this and this and this. And, but what does that respectful thing mean? It means adapting to the white culture. And I thought that was so interesting because, uh, you, you know, um, when you think about how things were back then and how those attitudes were in that mindset and how it seemed, um, I could see why there's a controversy where, like, you know, like, why are they talking like that? Um, one time during the Capella show, one of them, who was that writer who used to write for Eddie Murphy? Um, but anyways, he made a comment. It's like, oh, Everyone, everybody wants to act black, but nobody wants to be black. And that does really stink. And I kind of see it. I can see how that resonates with this topic. People want to, you know, enjoy black culture, but they don't want to acknowledge and, like, really know the truth about the entire experience of the black American. No, of course not. It's, once again, I'm going to say it's neither fish nor fowl. Because it goes from taboo to a fad to the norm. Because when something is when something is popular, you want to jump on that bandwagon. Not to say that being an African American is is a fad or you're jumping on a bandwagon. It's a particular culture that that, that interests you know that interests the society. Whether we go back to music and rap to soul, to funk, anything in between, you try to meld that culture into your own lives because it's something new, it's something fresh. Um, the African-American culture is, is perpetually evolving all the time. And so what do you do? You like it. You know, you and I can, you know, can talk about Del the Funk, you know, I mean, Del the Funky Homo Sapien, and a small group will go, oh, I know that group, you know, because, because it made an impact on us. And we like that, like that type of music. Or crisscross, because that was popular with the clothes backwards. You know, so many, so many different things. <laughs> so many different things that you just latch on to. Because now it's a humongous part of the culture. So when I hear stuff like this now, once again, it goes from... I cannot believe, you know, he or she is approaching me like this. To now, okay, it is what it is. You know, because to, to where the African-American culture came from, from my generation of being looked at as, oh, there's a black kid at the door for you. Oh, hey, that colored kid is here talking to you. Or, hey, why is that black kid sounding like that? You know, is he, is he not educated well? To now you're sounding like us. To now you're wanting to be us. To now you're dressing like us. Now you're making the same music and blah, 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 and so on and so on. Um, 
So, but once again, to, to bring this in a complete full circle, to me, it's always been popular because it's different. And it just caught fire. And I know it sounds like I'm kind of downplaying it, but I was part of the culture throwing, you know, through the good, the bad, the ugly, and back to ugly, <laughs> and back to good, and back to ugly again. So it's just it's something I'm used to. And to be truthful, when I, when I was in Germany for a while, I, I wanted to meld with them. I wanted to, to try to be part of that culture. So I would purposely give myself an accent and try to get that perfect German right to fit in. You know, you know, I would say, Guten Tag, wie geht's? You know, was ist das? And stuff like that. Instead of just speaking my normal stuttering self, <laughs> you know. And it was entertaining that the people who I was with, a good chunk of them wanted me to speak quote-unquote American because this is what they saw on TV, what they read in newspapers, what they saw on the radio. You know, they wanted the American culture. So when I came over to their country, they wanted me to be me because they wanted to learn about me, you know, versus the, versus the opposite. Um, but yeah, it's, it's truly interesting because there's so much um, about the African-American culture that no, not a whole lot of people know. And it goes for all cultures. Because we are we are all uncultured swine here in this world, but we just pick and choose the cool stuff because the mm. cool because the cool stuff gets the most attention. Mm. Yeah, um, an additional question I'd like to ask is that um, you know it's interesting to understand your point of view, which there's a lot of literature to it. To it. And um, do you ever feel that like? You, the, the, uh, the, you feel the instinct to be a gatekeeper into black culture. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Mm. Um, it's really difficult to explain, and I know the counterparts who are listening right now are just screaming at the at their, at their phones. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, and not to turn this into a woe is me because I, I don't believe in that anymore. Um, being, being an African-American and dealing with so much over the years, still to this day, you want everybody to be open to your culture. You don't want to keep anything for yourself. You don't want to do that because we work so hard. Generally speaking, we work so hard to be accepted and to not be given a side eye um, when walking down the street or walking in a mall or walking by somebody's car without them locking their door, we want to be accepted. So if anything that we do, whether it be in music, whether it be writing or a movie or something, we want everybody to do it. So we're not looked at as something different because there's nothing more, I don't want to say terrifying, there's nothing, there's nothing more uneasy than to be stared at, you know, wondering what I'm going to do when I walk by you. If I'm going to rob you or stab you or shoot you or take your white women or something goofy like that. And I'll give you, and I'll give you one small little anecdote here and then you can ask me whatever you wish because towards the end of the month and, uh, you know, you, you know, Daniel Carver invented the peanut. Yeah. So um, <laughs> when I was, I was flying to Germany 
back in 1992. This huge 747 plane is a 12-hour flight, and I was a very young teen, and coupled with being terrified of flying, I did not want to get out of my seat because I felt that if I moved, the plane will move. That's how terrified I was. I finally had enough nerve to get up and use the bathroom. I walked down the aisle, and I walked past a Caucasian lady about her late 30s, early 40s. I walked by her seat down the aisle, and her purse was on the aisleway, and she reached up and she grabbed her purse. Yep, I'll let that hang in the air for a second. She clutched her purse, and... I was fed up because I had motion sickness. I had to pee. I didn't want to move. And I had, what, seven <laughs> hours left? And I turned, I looked at her, and I'm like, ma'am, where am I going to go if I take your purse? <laughs> and she just stared at me. And I turned around and nervously walked to the bathroom. That was only, that was only one instant. And I'll tell you one more why you think of more questions to ask. This is Ask a Black Man Day here at the Walker AC Experience. No. Um, I, this is a fun one. And for people who are listening, who's African American or any other culture, this has happened to you. I was seeing a young lady, or excuse me, making a feeble attempt to see a young lady years and years and years ago. In, in my teens, early 20s. Took her out on a date. Everything was going swimmingly. And I went in for the kill, Kevin. I went in for the kill. Which meant I went in for a... Which means I went in for a hug because I was too scared. Um, and she told me that, you know, she found me very attractive, a nice guy, had a great time. And as I'm listening to her talk, I see the buildup. It's like a wrestling match. I see the buildup to the finishing move. She's going to drop the elbow on me. I knew it was coming. And people who are listening know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, she's a great guy and blah, blah, blah. But I don't date black guys. And mind you, I've heard this a million and one times. I kid you not. I've, meant, I've listened to this story a million and one times. And, you know, I could be a schmuck and I could say, what's wrong with you? You're racist? No, 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 no. Because, you know, it has to be taught. So it's whatever. So I looked at her, and I'm like, okay, um, I make no apologies for being African-American because I didn't have a choice of what color I wanted to choose when I came out of the womb. So thank you for a good evening and have a good night. And not too many people think that. But once again, it's not their fault. It's how you're raised. You know, I had dinner with a young lady, and I told the story a million and one times, and she's probably listening. Um, I had dinner at her parents. She invited me to her parents' house <laughs> prematurely. And, uh, you know, the father, of course, a very protective father, Caucasian. And, and he's like, well, you know, my daughter never dated a black man before. Didn't say African-American. Didn't say, didn't say the colored kid like I'm some superhero. He said a black kid, a black guy. So, once again, yours truly, having a sarcastic bone in his body, I'm like, well, sir, with, I'm like, sir, with all due respects, you know, we turn off the lights, we're all black. And <laughs> needless to say, that went over like a fart in church. Um, his wife turned bright red, looked very nervous. I started laughing because I thought it was funny. <laughs> and my girlfriend at the time, she literally put her head in her food because she was so embarrassed. But 
as the joys of being African-American. I have funny stories. I have tragic stories. I have stories in between. But once again, let me lob the ball back to you, Kevin. Mm, boy. I mean, your first experience does sound like a key and feel sketch. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is, she just kind of looked at you. <laughs> I think you just caught her off guard. You're like, oh, what do I do? <laughs> Maybe they're like a dinosaur, but don't move. They don't know here. <laughs> um, and to bring it back to like the original comment I unfortunately do have a habit of like being a gatekeeper cause I'm like you know it's almost like a stereotype for everybody to say like oh I want to go to Japan of course you do I've never met a white person under the age, like under middle age, that's like, no, I would never go to Japan. Why would I ever go there? <laughs> <laughs> it's a new stereotype. <laughs> I'm like, yes, of course you do. <laughs> or like, I love Asian food. <laughs> Give me that Pan Express. And of course, everybody knows how I feel about Pan Express. And I'm like, well, now I'm judging you very harshly. <laughs> and what's what? what and, and, oh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, like, I love the Japanese. I'm like, yeah, yeah, everybody says that. <laughs> but what's, what's, really, what's really funny about Black History Month, or just about the, the culture in general, is if you really, really think about it, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Not the first time, not the last time. No one wants to be African-American. Nobody. They want to be British. They want to be Asian. You know, they want to be all other cultures except for African American, if you really think about that. Think about it. Except for that, except for that one lady that pretended to be black that well, edited NCAP. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, we'll get on that one here in a second. But <laughs> <laughs> We talked about that already. <laughs> mm -hmm. but, just, just, wow. but just think about it. I mean, growing up, you know, t I mean, taking, t taking myself and yourself out of the equation, you know, you think about the obligatory Chinese food. You know, did I constantly poke fun at? You know, you love Chinese food. You know, people want to go to Japan. Even gamers, you know, look at the video games or look at the culture and they just want to be part of it so bad. Um, dating an Asian, Japanese, Taiwanese woman is such a taboo thing and they would love to do that. A small microcosm wants to be African American. You know, yes, you may have... Um, the people who love African-American women, who doesn't, but to take the extra step to have that transformation other than that one weird lady um, is is pretty much nil. And if I'm wrong, please put in the comments below. But no, but very rarely, generally speaking, no one wants to be African-American. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah, I mean, um, Dave Chappelle had a joke about that. <laughs> Uh, he to paraphrase like I bet there's some like one-legged uh, uh, bus white busboy out there like I'm just gonna ride it out like this. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you're absolutely right. It's like because I think unconsciously they know how bad a lot of people in the black community have it. It's like even though they it make you know talking about race. And, and, and history makes a lot of people 
super uncomfortable. They know it. They know it. It's there in their head. And it's like, yeah, would you like to be truly, you know, black for a week? No, they wouldn't. Well, absolutely not. I mean, <clears throat> there are jokes to be made. Oh, you know, if you're black, you run faster, you play great basketball, you hung like a bear. But no, other than that, you really wouldn't want to take advantage of uh, the stigma that comes along with it. Now, nowadays, a lot of people will say, you know, um, Adrian is not that bad as it was back in, you know, the 80s, the 70s, the 60s. Hell, even the 90s and the 2000s. It's there. It's more hidden. And we as a culture really don't focus on it too much. Because I heard a joke many years ago um, that racism is more or less like a really bad game of tag. Now there's other racists out there that we can look and go, okay, you've had your fun for 400 years. Now I think it's somebody else's turn. You know, you know, tag, brown people, you're it. You know, after 9-11. You know, and then, okay, once they're done, once they're done, okay, tag, it's your turn this culture blah, 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 and so on, and so on, and so on. It had to take a national tragedy for for someone to go, okay, you know, okay, African-Americans, it's not your turn anymore. You know, we're going to go pick on somebody else kind of thing. But, yeah, it's 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 still there. It's just more hidden. I, I like to think it's white people as, like, the recent monitors. That's never it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really, really bad game of Duck, Duck, Goose. So yeah, <laughs> and they're ne- again they're never it. <laughs> <laughs> they made the game, Kevin. They're never it. <laughs> the rest of us have to be the ones that you know run around a circle. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, uh, did you have did you have any more questions for me? I mean, uh, pretty much I uh, any more inquiries you have because you know this is the last couple of days of Black History Month and and you know I like talking about it. I like having that communication giving it from my point of view uh, about how things were. I, I just, no, I think we've, we've kind of went through it. And I think like our personal experiences and perspectives are really important because I think people are too scared and um, unprepared to have these conversations because I do think that um, there's this hypothesis I have that all PLCs, um, we kind of unspokenly have the same sensibilities because we all feel that we're never in the majority. We never have, we have the power that's wielded over us that is both obvious and subtle. And so it, when we talk about these things, I can compare and contrast. And again, it's with empathy. It's a both good faith and understanding that, you know, your point of view is authentic and is valuable for me to learn from. And I'm glad. And from my point of view, do I think there's still racism out there? Yes, there is. But do I make a big deal out of it? Absolutely not. Because I'm not going to give power to anything negative because it's not worth it. It's always great to say... I was, I was profiled, or people was just racist to me, or I didn't get this because I'm black. No, 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 no. I, I am done with that aspect of my life. I've been done with it for many, many years. If I didn't get something, it's because, because it's who I am. Or if I'm a dick, it's not because I'm black. It's because I'm a dick. 
you know, kind of thing. You know, so no, I just I you know I think I think you can ask you know a lot of people of different nationalities that you know are just is there still racism in the world and each each and every single one of them is going to go yes, but I don't give it any power now because most of us most of us are past that phase. You know, you know, most of us have kind of melded in with everybody else and it's someone else's turn now. And it's really sad to say, but it's just a harsh reality now. You know, it's not our turn. Eventually it will be, but now it's not our turn because right now <clears throat> we're having a good, a good time with music, a good time with culture, a good time with the style of dress, the way we speak, as we originally talked about. And it will be our turn again, just not yet. Yeah, it becomes your turn quite rapidly <laughs> and unexpectedly. <laughs> Back to us again. No. <laughs> uh, uh, there, there oh, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Um, there's a famous quote about white privilege, and one of it, and a part of it is white privilege is the ability to be seen as an individual. It is kind of weird when another Asian person does something bad publicly, I'm like, no, don't do that to us. <laughs> <laughs> the spotlight's on us again. What the hell, man? Oh, it's, hey, it's the same thing for us. You know, when there's very, <laughs> when there's very few of us in the job market for, for our company and one gets fired, we're like, no, no. Don't, you just mess it up for everybody. You just mess it up for everybody. And, you know, I was... I, I was told this through family members many years ago when I was young, and I didn't understand. I was told, um, you know, Adrian, you're a black man. You have to work twice as hard for a job and ten times as hard to keep it. And that stuck with me for many, many, many years. Because no matter what a job I go to, I personally work ten times as hard to keep it. Even if it's the most simplistic of jobs, I just do it, I just do it instinctively. Because, you know, that's something that was something that was taught. Just like everything else, you know, it, it was just taught the way it is. And one more little funny uh, story for you before we go into rants, because we're almost done already. I can't believe it. 45 minutes in, Kevin. <laughs> Crikey. I will tell you one more story, and then we'll switch topics or go to rants or just keep on pushing. So, in my late teens, early 20s, my brother, who was adopted, he's Caucasian, um, he was a ladies' man. And me, I couldn't get a girlfriend if I tried. So, he dated, uh, he dated a, a young lady, and you know he tried to set me up with her friend. So, after we all hung out and had a grand old time, um, he took her home and came back and told me the goings-on and everything, and... It was, and I can't quote it because this is many, many years ago. It was the equivalent of, you know, he's a nice guy. He's, he's a fun guy. And he is, he's good looking for an N-word. So, yeah. That was tremendous. So, people who are now screaming at their, 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 their uh, devices right now, this one's for you. But anyhow, <laughs> Anything else you have, Kevin, before we go off into rants? Uh, no, we can go through rants. Uh, <laughs> I, like I would like to start. Sure, go ahead. Um, 
My rants are about YouTube commercials. Yes, there is a face value um, annoyance of commercials. Like, here, here's a commercial before your video. Here's one in the middle, and here's one at the end. That alone is bad enough. But it's about the content of it all. It is, like, the worst late-night commercials that um, were on network TV, for those of you who used to watch that kind of shit. It's like, hey, you're going bald, or like, here's, hey, get into this marketing scheme, or like, <laughs> even crazy ones where like, oh, <laughs> you're so trans, people ruin America, or taxation is theft. <laughs> it's the <laughs> <most> bonkers <laughs> shit that's out there. Like, what is wrong with YouTube? There's no standards whatsoever. It is like insane. Insane. I'm like, I miss the subtleties of women trying to make me call an 800 number to talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, YouTube, you gotta do something about this. It's horrible. That's awesome. So, yikes. <laughs> I just, now I just pause the video to like look for the skip button. It's like, yeah, this is horrible. Yikes. Oh, that is great. I, I, I like that. So, uh, oh, crikey. Okay, speaking of YouTube, um, I'm not too sure what gets us demonetized. I'm not too sure what gets us banned, was kicked off of YouTube, anything of the sort. I hopped on YouTube at 2019 doing my Henry the Fox animation. For those of you who have kept up with me since 2018, who boy. Um, I did... Henry the Fox animations. I uploaded my YouTube a lot, all the time. Then when I started getting into podcasts, I linked those two together. So my podcasts would go on to my YouTube channel. Come to find out, I broke so many copyright laws, Kevin. It was ridiculous. <laughs> um, before I understood what I needed to do, I would chime in little bits and pieces of music like the Fugees uh, within the first two minutes of my show. And I would do a show while the Fuji's playing in the background. Yeah, demonetized. Uh, my <laughs> podcast would be taken down left and right. And I never knew what was the proper protocol. So I was extremely happy when, when Podbean picked me up. And, and I kind of went through that. So I can say whatever, do whatever. But it was really weird because the YouTube guidelines were never explained. People just had to just to do trial and error about what things they can say, what they can't say. Before, it was copyrighted music, which I understood. Now I do. But now, you say certain phrases, certain words, you'll be kicked off. Your channel will be taken down. You'll be banned. Everything in between. I thought about going back on YouTube and putting our show back on YouTube, but listening to our past shows, Kevin, there's a lot of things that we said that uh, would definitely get us kicked off. But, um, yeah, so that was my main rant, is I understand... There are certain rules and guidelines for YouTube. No nudity, um, no violence. But I never knew that you'd be kicked off for language. You know, you can't... Oh, man. Yeah, you can't talk about any sexual acts. You can't use any hardcore swear words, which I'm not really big on that. It's no big deal to me. But you cannot... And I would never, ever talk about it. But you cannot say a woman was ard, the R word, Ugh. Yeah, can't say that, or you can't say, you know, S assault, stuff like that, because they'll take it down, which which is really so bizarre. But yeah, that was my rant. I was thinking about going back on YouTube, but once I saw the guidelines, 
I'm like, no, no, I'll just stick with being just a regular podcaster, saying whatever, because I guarantee you there are tons and tons and millions of podcasters out there that have said 10, 15,000 times worse than we ever could. But uh, they're still with us. So that was my rant, sir. That was my rant. And do you have any shout-outs as we're slowly closing up shop? Hmm, shout-outs, eh? Well, yeah. My shout-out goes to... I'm going to say life leak. We don't care what you put out there. <laughs> you want to see a public execution? Life leak. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, that's bad. Um, my shout-out goes to people. I guess, yeah, people who say um, welcome to whatever. I've probably talked about how welcome, when people say welcome it, it still weirds me out. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> what a weird thing to say. <laughs> just like welcome to you know welcome to Starbucks welcome to I don't know uh, welcome to Rachel's steak and stripper joint for <laughs> you <know? laughs> <laughs> you're, you're local to Central Florida you know what I'm talking about <laughs> mm-hmm. yes yes indeed <laughs> but uh, I don't know I just like the specificity of it all it's, it's fun to I don't know it just feels like more personalized. It's just a weird little nitpick of mine. But I just like hearing that. That's all. I like that. I'll give a shout-out to some to something different, Kevin. Uh, I give a shout-out to people who are uh, doing the push-ups, if you know what I mean. You know, A special shout-out to people who are doing the push-ups. People who are trying to make things work. You know, People who are trying not to settle who are trying not to be complacent with life. Um, I had um, my boss have, he had a heart attack about about a month ago. You know, he had a heart attack and he was very blessed um, that his um, missus found him and he's okay now. But that hit me really, really hard being my age. Not that I'm on death's door or anything, but that just made me realize like I've always preached you know, you wake up in the morning, take 15 seconds to look around and just really breathe and really appreciate what you got because so many people don't have it. So many people don't have, you know, the house or or a strong support system or a bed or just something really insignificant like that. You know, I wake up every morning and I appreciate what I have. The little, you know, creaks and bends and stuff like that when I get up and make that little uh, old man noise when I stand up. I just appreciate all of that. I appreciate the fact that I've have this podcast, you as a friend, friends out there that I hold near and dear, a home, so many things that the general person doesn't really doesn't really think about until it's gone or something tragic happens. So I appreciate and shout out to people who are doing the push-ups themselves instead of expecting the push-ups to be done for them. So that's my shout out to them people. And before we close up this fun, fun edition of the Walker AC Experience, Kevin, do you have any final words or thoughts for the people that are out there? Yes. Um, uh, I think I mentioned that a few years ago, a resolution of mine was to react with compassion rather than judgment. And I think that really helps me lead a more peaceful, 
life rather than expecting everything to be just the way you want it to be and to have that critic always in your head about the whole world I think it's better to be understanding to think that okay maybe people are acting out of ignorance they are they had a bad day or they're just um, had a better reason for behaving or doing what they did not just to personally spite you <laughs> to annoy you it just it makes things easier and it is a very hard practice it is very very difficult but I think it's it's nicer to be optimistic that way so I would like for people to try to exercise that at least once a day when you feel the urge to be critical of another person even yourself right thinking about compassion looking at it from a different perspective and it's I think it's kind of refreshing hmm. I agree 100% and I, I even go one further yeah, mental health is a must physical health is a must also so I heard this on, on a podcast um, and a gentleman said wake up in the morning do five push-ups Wake up the next morning, do five more. Do that every day for a week. Then the second week, do ten. Because you've done five, you know you can do five, so do ten. The next week, do fifteen. And so on and so on and so on. Start your body. Give your body a goal. Just do something to keep yourself in good health. Continue to be positive. Continue to be optimistic about the future. Because I said it before, ad nauseum, Kevin. People can, it's easy to talk about bad news. So easy to do. But it's more of a challenge to talk about something good. Because we never know when our ticket is punched. <laughs> we never know when it's time to take the pinfall. You know, so we make the most of what we have. And also on top of that, here's something that no, not a whole lot of people do. Something that I preach that I don't do. And I have started doing. If something, someone, some group does not benefit your life, delete them. Block them. Erase everything about them. And just move on. It's not being bitter, not being spiteful. It's not hating. It's just you have no room in your life for that anymore. I went through my phone. I saw things that didn't need to be there. I erased them. I blocked them. I deleted them. And I slept extremely well that night. Because I've always feared, and I don't fear a lot, I've always feared that people that come into your life are kind of meant to be there, but there are also people in your life that come in just for an experience. They just come in for a brief period of time to show you something or to learn you to learn you something. Wow, great English people. Uh, you know, you, you, you know to, to show you something and then they go. A lot of us, including myself, hold on to those people that are no longer around. They're just a name in your phone or a text message or a message or a picture. They're just there. They serve you no purpose. And it's time to get rid of them. They've got rid of you. So why are you keeping them around? Clean out your phone as you clean out your life, as you clean out your body. It goes everywhere. And if it's meant to come back, it's meant to come back. If it comes back, shoot it. No, I'm kidding. But uh, that's my message to all of you out there. Do not be afraid of let go of things, people, objects that don't benefit you. 
because everything that that that, that clogs you clogs your brain and slows you down clogs your body just like bad food it slows you down folks get rid of them get that enema no don't get the enema don't don't do that um just clean your life out that's my message to you so kevin this has been a tremendous episode and i do appreciate everyone tuning in of course i'm going to say it one more time the walker ac experience mobile app is up and running today it started yesterday but we're pimping it out today walker ac experience is all one word walker ac experience.com on your phone on your computer walker ac experience.com forward slash mobile look around take a peek around listen to some shows enjoy it so for kevin and myself and the whole experience family this has been a walker ac experience i have been adrian he has been kevin you've been our friends our family our loved ones and people who hate us you're still gonna listen nanny nanny boo boo and even on your phone now you can listen to us ha you're a schmuck anyhow good night everyone